So I think that it kind of starts there. And I think there's a lot of people that try to define what a runner is. You don't have to be a marathoner to be considered a runner. Um, if you run to the to the end of your driveway, you're a runner. <laughs> if you run yes. to the stop sign, you're a yes. runner. So I think it starts there with like the mentality of what is a runner. I think people get caught up on that and then social media doesn't help. So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Hey, Healthy Runners, have you been listening to this podcast for a while and have been implementing the strategies we talk about on a weekly basis? If so, kudos to you for taking action because we all know those that are successful are those that take action. However, I do talk to many of you runners and you guys are trying to implement the strategies. Maybe you've seen some exercises on my Spark Your Training YouTube channel, but you're just not sure if that is exactly what you should be doing depending upon your situation. So if you're looking for clarity and focus in order to be able to collapse time so you don't have to figure it out all by yourself. That is exactly what we take care of with our team of experts in our one-on-one personalized run coaching program to get you stronger and faster so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. What do you get when you sign up for the Healthy Runner Coaching Program? You get 16 weeks of one-to-one run and strength training, coaching, and accountability. You get strategic one-on-one deep dive coaching on a monthly basis. You get focused feedback on your training on a weekly basis. You get the strength program for running resource library and you get lifetime access to that. You also get an online personalized structured run and strength plan. You get a community of like-minded runners and then access to our trusted healthy runner coaching team made up of certified run coaches, a physical therapist, a registered dietitian, and personal trainers and fitness instructors. If you are interested in seeing if you are a good fit to work with myself or anyone on our team, then just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching. Check out the behind the scenes video tour of the program and hear from runners just like you who have been through our program before. We would love to provide you the clarity on what you should be focusing on in your training, whether it is getting stronger with strength training, the specific types of runs you should be doing, or the nutrition you should be fueling your body with for those runs. If you're ready to get the support and accountability you need to take action and put the work in, then I would love to hop on a call with you to see if you're a good fit for a one-on-one healthy runner coaching program. Just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching and get signed up for your enrollment strategy call with me today.
Oh boy, do I have a special treat for you guys today. This is episode 106, and we are on the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and become a lifelong injury-free runner. And today, I have the one, the only, India Cook, an avid Atlanta-based runner, YouTube vlogger, podcast host, RRCA certified run coach, race announcer, and motivational speaker. It is yes. such an honor to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for accepting my invitation, India. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. And hello, I'm, everyone. <laughs> I'm very excited to chat about this all important topic that anybody can run as it relates to inclusion and diversity within our running community. Um, for those that don't know, India is an advocate for all paces and all body types in the space of road running and racing. She loves running, but also has a passion for encouraging and guiding runners and those who aspire to become runners. So India coaches independently through her own company, Miles from India, and coaches with a nonprofit organization, ARC Active Resolute Connected. Um, this organization empowers women through running and helps to break mental and physical barriers. As of 2021, India also sits on the board member of Coaches of Color Initiative, an organization whose mission is to provide meaningful opportunities for those of color aspiring to successful careers as endurance coaches. So in this episode, India is going to share her passion with us about making the sport of running more diverse and less intimidating. We are going to give some extra love to the back of the pack runners. Yes. And then... Yes. And then we're going to share some tips on how we can all be more inclusive to others in our community. And if you are a new runner or you have been intimidated by other quote unquote runners um, you see in your neighborhood at local road races or on social media, then this is the episode for you. So mm -hmm. India, we start all of our episodes with a little dynamic warm up because we're so passionate about spreading the word of educating our running community about active warm ups um, yeah. versus what our parents and grandparents used to do. Um, so if you can tell our healthy runner listeners, where are you from and what do you do? Yes. So hello, everyone. I am born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia, and I still live in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I actually, on a business side of things, I work in human resources now. And on the personal side of things, um, of course, I am a certified run coach, and I am a partner, a daughter, and all the things in between race race announcer and everything that you listed there. So I think a lot of people get uh, surprised when they hear the things that I do, but also don't forget that I do work a full-time job still. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, like so many, right? Like so many yes. in our um, running community, we're all juggling multiple jobs as am juggling I. Juggling it all. Uh, right. <laughs> but we're like but living I, our passion though, right? I was just about to say that, or just fueling our passion, something that we absolutely enjoy and we love, and we just continue to do what we love and we make it work. So, yeah. And, um, you know, thank you for those that are on Facebook right now. You guys are coming on strong here for India, jumping on the live. So let me just give you some shout outs here. David's here. Uh, Sue's here. Tanya's here on the live. 
Um, Paul Davillo is here and he's the one who actually uh, connected us. We were just talking about that, Paul. Um, I was trying yeah. to think about how I originally started following India and I think it was your suggestion. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, Paul is a friend of the show. Um, he's been on the podcast before talking about mental strategies for overcoming in your races, uh, which is super helpful. Your episode, Paul, I give all of my coaching clients uh, before their races. So uh, just a little shout out. Coach Kat's here, Cheryl's here, and Trisha's here. So thank you guys for jumping yes. on here. Feel free to drop any questions for India that you have in the comment box, and we will get to those uh, during the show today. And India, I've been listening to you and Tommy, like shout out to Tommy Mitchell um, yes. on your run duo podcast um, during my runs for a couple of months now. And, yeah. um, you know, today we're not only going to kind of get into different body types of runners, um, but inclusivity um, within the running community in general, whether it is size, shape, color, gender, sexual orientation, mm -hmm. you know, 2020 not only brought about changes in our lives with respect to the global pandemic um, we're going through, but also really opened the door a bit more about the conversation surrounding diversity in our country and in many organizations. You know, they've taken some positive steps, I think, in the right direction with regard to inclusivity and diversity. Um, but we still know we need to do more. And mm -hmm. I know you've been an advocate, a champion um, for really starting this conversation in regards to like our running community. And that's why I wanted to kind of bring you on here to really share some tips for our community um, so we can all be a little better at um, ways that we go about that and making sure that we are including everyone um, in our running journeys and our running programs, our communities, um, anything that we're really doing as runners. Um, but before we get into some of those like deep, kind of topics there. Yes. Can you share with our <laughs> listeners a little bit about like your running journey? Like how long have you been a runner for? Yeah, sure. So I have been running since 2008, um, but I was very much so casually running in 2008. So from 2008 to about 2014, I was casually running. I would sign up for one race a year. It was the Peachtree Road Race. I would only sign up for that race. I would train up for that race and then I will fall off. So I was not consistent at all, but I did have a love for running. I enjoyed the race environment. I enjoyed the things that I was doing um, with, within that running and kind of running was a little outlet for me, but I just wasn't as committed as I am now. So it wasn't until about 2014, 2015 that I said, you know what, I'm going to stop running a race a year and I'm going to get serious about this running thing. So that is when I joined a local run club here in Atlanta called Movers and Pacers. Um, and that run club kind of opened up a lot of different avenues for me. So I became a captain of that run club in very little time that I started running with them. Um, and it just kind of blossomed from there. So I feel like I found a niche in running. Um, I found a bug in running. And I think a lot of the people that I ran with at that time saw a passion and a love that I don't even think I saw at the time. Dwayne, like I don't think yeah. I knew it. I just knew that I wanted to connect and be social as well as have some accountability. So I decided to join that run club and it has brought me to where I am now. So of course, to this day, I've done three marathons and I've done about 16 half marathons and endless numbers of 5Ks, 10Ks and other distances, but I'm in here. I'm pretty committed to it and running is my thing. Yeah. And I, I love your passion mm -hmm. for it. And as 
those that are listening on the podcast, you're going to want to check out the video version of this on YouTube um, or Spark Your Training YouTube channel because India's got a sweet, sweet oh, my runner's love. wall. Like she puts <laughs> mine to shame. And I actually saw her video on her YouTube channel and she has an awesome video that actually describes if you want a wall like India's, um, <laughs> she teaches you how to do it. Um, and yes. she's got, she's got some sweet medals there. Um, I love, I love the display. Um, I love Thank the custom you. one too. I'm going to need to look into that, uh, yeah. to upgrade mine behind me here. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> but when you started, um, the run club, is that when you really got consistent with your running? Yes, it was when I got consistent with running and racing. So I kind of, when I started with the run group, I was running probably about three to four days a week once I started with them. So that, that kind of opened the door to my consistency. And then of course they held me accountable to the racing as well. So I went from doing one race a year to basically doing a race a month. So I really kind of cranked it up and started signing up for races, just going, going, going. <laughs> yeah. And, and back in, um, 2008, what was your reason for actually starting to run? What was your main why back then? Yeah, so I, I feel like I had three main whys um, back then. One was um, weight loss. I was on a journey for weight loss. Um, and that to this day has drastically changed. Like running is not for me for weight loss. So whenever someone kind of says, you know, oh, you're running to lose weight. And it's like, no, it's so much more than that now. And I don't connect weight loss and running at all for me. Like I, I just feel like it, it has definitely transitioned from that. But one of the reasons in 2008 was weight loss. The other was I was working in mental health and it was really my release for the day. Um, I am definitely an evening runner. I like running after my day so that I can release my day. I think about my day and I leave my day out on the pavement. Um, so that was the other reason. And then I also was a semi-pro cheerleader for a season. And, that, and after that season ended, I needed something to kind of shift me from, um, from working out and doing weights and doing all that stuff to stay fit as a cheerleader. And I also wanted something that was kind of community-based and kind of support, but still individual and running just fell in line with that. Okay. So, See the cheerleading yeah. thing. I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't get that yeah. in some of the episodes yeah, that I've heard. I don't yet. share that often. Okay. <laughs> Something yeah. that um, you probably wouldn't have thought about me, but I was a dancer my whole life, kind of growing up. Um, so that's actually was my first sport before running. Um, yeah. I, th I think I listened to your episode with Allie on the run and I remember y'all yeah. had a whole little. That, oh yeah. It was like 30 minutes. I was like, oh man, all the runners like tuning out to this conversation. If any runners were dancers, they're like, oh, this was awesome. But yeah, there we go. that's too funny. Um, Okay, cool. Yeah. And what would you say out of all of the, you know, races that you've done now, you've done so many that are on your wall there, you know, what would yeah. you say like your favorite race distances uh, nowadays? Um, so my favorite distance race, I would say is a half marathon. I feel like it's, it's, it challenges you enough, but it also doesn't take so much out of your life to train for it. <laughs> we all know that marathon training can be very uh, cumbersome in as far as the time, but I think half marathon training is good. It's a good challenge, but it kind of makes you, keeps you in the game, but you can also push through. So between the half marathon and the 10K, I really do also like the 10K. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Half marathon is my favorite as well. Mm -hmm. And you know what ones like they're hard to find, but the 10 miler, like yeah. I, I think the 10 miler, if they had more of them, I think that would be my favorite. 
So Atlanta does a 10 miler every year and I actually love the 10 mile distance. I really do. Um, so they do a 10 miler, the PNC 10 miler, they always do in October. Um, so it's something that's a stable here, staple here in Atlanta. So I do like that distance, but I guess for me, 13.1 is, you know, always going to be a little bit more than that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I actually visited um, Georgia for the first time ever uh, last <laughs> summer and mm -hmm. it was the, week before the peach tree and so i was visiting my uncle down in greenville uh south carolina okay. and he wanted to take us to the georgia aquarium um so we went to the aquarium for a day and i was like well I was down there because it was only like i don't know an hour and a half ride maybe two hours i think okay. from greenville um it was i was like oh can i do this peach tree because it was right um it was basically the same the weekend fourth. like mm -hmm. we were down there for the fourth yeah Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, like signups were closed and everything. But yeah, I hear that's an yeah. awesome race. It's like huge, right? It's yeah. like a classic staple race. Yeah. So the Peachtree Road Race is traditionally is the world's largest 10K. So usually it's 60,000 people that run that race. Um, wow. So of course, due to the pandemic, the last couple of years have looked very different. But traditionally, it's a 60,000 person 10K. And it's always on the 4th of July, and it is always an amazing time. It is the staple of Atlanta in regards to racing. Um, getting a bib, there literally, there's a lottery that you have to enter for this 10K, or you can become an Atlanta Track Club member and get into the race um, through that. But yes, it is definitely a well-wanted race. People try to sell their bibs and do all kinds of stuff. Like it's a race that trying to get a number can be very difficult. So yes, the week before is that happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I know you're very involved with the Atlanta Track um, Club, am. right? Like what is your involvement with, with them? Yes. Yeah, so I was an ambassador for two years with them. So I did ambassadorship for 2020 as well as 2021. Um, to be determined for 2022. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what that will look like. Um, and I actually have done some partnerships with them. So I've done some um, independent freelance work with them as far as connecting for interviews and things of that nature. So very vested involved. Uh, I've done big photo shoots and stuff with them as well. So they are my good friends and I love to be involved in anything that they're doing. And I'm so excited for their new partnership with Adidas. So it's going to be a good year. Awesome. Yeah. So if anyone's listening to this right now and you haven't you know, checked out the Run Duo podcast or India for Miles YouTube channel. She does a lot of local info too for road races um, in Georgia. So I would definitely, you know, check that out. Um, she, she's she got the know on all the local uh, race scene um, yes. that's going on. So I know you had mentioned, you know, you were in the mental health field. Now you're doing some mm -hmm. HR stuff. And obviously, yeah. you know, you're doing some run coaching, motivational speaking, race announcing. Like how did all of that transition? Are you kind of out of the mental health uh, field right now? And, you know, if so, you know, what was it that kind of changed your, your path that you pivoted on? Sure. So I did do mental health for a little bit over 10 years. That is what my degrees are in. So I have an undergrad in psychology and I have a master's in social work. Um, and I'm also licensed on a social work in. So I did that for several years. Um, my work was actually a big chunk of that work was with individuals with developmental disabilities, as well as I worked at a psychiatric hospital. Um, so a lot of my time was in the very high intense cases um, when people were really at need for services. Um, so a lot of the critical, critical times of individuals' lives. So for me, it took a lot. My 10 years, a little over 10 years felt like 30. <laughs> 
And it was time for me to pivot out of, out of mental health. So I have been out of mental health for the last, I would say about five years now, four to five years I've been out of mental health and I transitioned to human resources, which I think is a great fit. I do still use my mental health skills. Obviously in HR, you are communicating with people, you're communicating with carriers, you're communicating with different things. And of course, people come to you um, with very sensitive information and details and different things that go on in their life. So I do feel as if I still use it in my professional life. I do still use my mental health background um, in my work. But when it came to coaching and things of that nature, it was more so I'm really big on having I won't say balance, but having a hobby as well as your personal job. I feel like there are a lot of people that have a job and that's kind of what encompasses their whole life, their well-being. Whereas for me, I always love having a hobby and I feel like running was my hobby um, or is continue to be my hobby and my passion. Um, and that transitioned me into run coaching. It was a lot of people that were asking me questions. What do I do here? What do I do there? Um, and I decided to put a certification behind my name and coach officially, of course, for several years, when people would ask me questions, I would give my experience and advice behind it. But of course, I wanted to become definitely certified as a coach and kind of back it up there. So for me, coaching on the coaching along with my personal job is something that is just a passion for me. I love to do it. It honestly doesn't feel like work, even though I'm paid. Um, it does not feel like work because it's just something that I love to do. Um, so I feel like the pivot between working um, my personal job as well as the run coaching was just more so me being able to benefit from a passion that I have. And so that's where the run coaching came from. And of course, the race announcing and everything else as well. Yeah, no, I love that, uh, that you are, you know, living your passion. And I think that's important mm -hmm. um, in life. And yeah, if you enjoy it so much, it's really not work, right? Um, right. And that's what I'm definitely starting to find at this point in my career as well. It's just so much more rewarding, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, you don't mind doing it. Um, right. And yeah, I think your story is very similar to one of our coaches on our Healthy Runner team, uh, Coach Latoya. She was doing mm -hmm. kind of coaching for years, honestly, mm -hmm. of runners. And then she became formally certified and did the RCA right. uh, coaching right. course as well. Um, but no, that's awesome. And so let's get into this kind of topic of, you know, inclusivity. And I'm just mm -hmm. curious in what does that mean uh, for you? What does that word mean for you in our running community? Yeah, so I just think inclusivity definitely can give you, it's, it's a wide array of things. So it can be from being inclusive in regards to pace, abilities or lack thereof of abilities, um, depending upon your body type. It's so many different things that I feel like if we were to include so many people of the a vast variety of individuals, it could really change the running scene and what it looks like. I feel like for so long, we've had this particular stamp of what people think a runner looks like, but it doesn't encompass everyone that is within the running community. And of course, we may not be able to touch on each, each, each individual person, excuse me, but I think that there are a, a vast variety of individuals that are not illustrated um, or welcomed or um, seen on in the within the large mass of, um, of individuals that actually do run. Um, I think if you were 
the conversation becomes more open when you're talking to people that may not be within the running scene all the time or the racing scene all the time. If you were to ask someone, what do you think a runner looks like or, or what is it? And of course, to me, there's not a a runner's body or a runner's look for me because I'm, I'm in the running community, but for someone outside of it, they may have a staple look or a staple feel, or they may be an elite person. They may be the person that is um, going to the Olympics. That may be their thought, but it's so much more than that. Yeah, no. And I think that's, that's a, a big misconception, right? That you bring up. And even some people, you know, say to me when they find out I'm a runner um, and they, they do have these misconceptions of like, you know, runners are just these like skinny, skinny people. And, and I think that's like where you bring up the weight loss thing. And I know coach cat in our community was talking about this the other day um, because so many women, especially I find, you know, go into running for weight loss. And as you start to train, not, necessarily everyone does lose weight like you can mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. if you are mm -hmm. you know burning more calories and you're being more active than you have been but right. really to do it properly and build up the right way right. you shouldn't be going out there at a 9 10 effort when you mm -hmm. you know go out for a run so it's not like doing yeah. a a hit class or a boot camp class where you're you know mm -hmm. can hardly breathe um right. because yeah. if we did that with running we'd get injured right um yeah. right. so I think that's a big, you know, misconception out there is that those start running and saying, oh, I'm going to get quote unquote skinny, whatever that is. Right. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to do it for weight loss. And, you know, I, I agree that, you know, runners are all abilities. And like when we've ever done our, we've done some like group based team, you know, coaching programs. I've even had people reach out to me and is like, oh, why don't you do a program for like a, you know, sub 330 marathon group or a sub two half marathon group. And I'm like, no, because our half marathon group is going to be, it doesn't matter what pace you run. Like you can be in our program and you can be, you know, coach, whether you're running a 13 minute mile or you're a six minute mile. Um, right. You know, you could be a part of our program and our community. Um, yeah, Go I think ahead, it's, it's no, I was going to say it's very interesting and I, I appreciate you and your group for doing that because honestly, when I see, I've gone to group runs and they, let's say you have a regular, a Tuesday group run um, and you may have someone that comes up, they're new to running and they're like, Hey, I would like to run with you all. Basically, how does this work? And they're basically like, okay, you basically just make sure you keep up with us, but their keep up with us may be a nine minute mile. Like if their whole crew is a nine minute mile. Um, I think that is one thing that we as individuals, whether it be group rooms or wherever, inclusivity means finding ways to include everyone. Meaning if you are a leader of a group run, there should be someone that can assist with the back of the pack runners. Um, there should be someone that can stick with or help your 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 minute while if you want to separate it out to just walkers, run walk intervals, whatever it is, there should be someone and of course someone that maybe it's a six minute mile like however it is, but I think that we just have to do better with including that and that includes marathon pacing like for so long, I feel like I've only seen like I feel like marathon pacing has a cap. Like when someone, you have a pace group, a lot of times they're not looking at your six, 630, your seven hour marathons. They're, they're capping it out at 
five, five thirty, and then they're not looking at anything other, you know, further than that. So I feel like that is also an area of growth that we can have is include, and that's a piece of inclusivity is including everyone and their abilities kind of around the globe on that. You know, if you are a run coach or if you're someone that is heavy on social media, if you're posting pace times, um, sometimes you'll see people with like charts of, okay, for your five minute pace, you should be running or a five hour marathon or whatever it is, you should be running these paces. What about further? Like what is, what is, let's go further than a 12 minute mile. I feel like a lot of education and information we have does not go further than that. And even um, stock photos, like sometimes we have stock photos. I don't know about you, but when you Google stock photos to kind of put in graphics, those aren't diverse photos. Oh yeah. Yeah. Different body types, abilities, um, someone that may use a wheelchair, like there, it's just not inclusive of it. It is the body types. And of course I feel like they're starting to add different um, race and color in there, but there's so much more to inclusivity than just that. So I just wanna name a couple of those examples that I feel like could be done within within the running community that could really change some things. Yeah, and I think that was like one of the things that really caught my attention early on as I started listening to your show mm-hmm. was that you don't only support and provide like representation for the black community, but really, mm-hmm to all communities. Um, As I've listened to like your YouTube videos, you know, you've done some great work with the Asian Pacific Islander community, Native American community, the LGBTQ community, you know, and really making sure that all communities are represented, um, you know, within our space. And, you know, I, I really kudos to you um, for doing that. And even like you've even talked about mental health, you know, challenges and those that are struggling from mental health standpoint, um, you know, within our running community. So I think that's, that's what's really neat about, you know, the work that you're doing. And I think people, you know, see that and they realize that. And, you know, for, for me personally, I guess is, like I've never seen, I guess, one specific type of runner. Cause I guess I didn't come from like a traditional runner background um, mm-hmm. where I don't know, you know, I'm an adult onset runner was like a PT and then became a runner. So mm-hmm. I've always had diversity in my life, you know, whether mm-hmm. it was, you know, the high school I grew up, you know, my wife, you know, family is Hispanic and right. um, you know, it, it's just something that has never even been an issue for me personally. And like mm-hmm. our whole healthy runner coaching team, is, you know, from all walks of life and, you know, everyone is at different abilities levels, but yeah. I, I think it is something that, um, you know, I guess those that ascend in the running space. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's something to just kind of be aware of and to to make sure that we are including everyone and like those back of the pack runners like you said and like all shapes and sizes and I actually talked about my last episode of like you know my feeling my belief system is like anyone can run and it's you know people have that misconception of like oh I'm I'm not skinny and I I can't run like I can never do that and there's been people that no matter what size you are no matter what your fitness level is like we've been able to safely run. Right. And it's, it's something that I think, um, you know, more people should, you know, think about, or those like you mentioned that aspire to be runners, um, they can do it if they 
you know, do it the right way and they get the proper guidance and, you know, there are ways to go about it. Um, but it, it's not something that is dependent upon, you know, one specific area, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think that there's multi layers as to why and some of the reasons why people feel like they may not be able to run, right? Like if you, if you think about it, Dwayne, if we're, if you're looking at traditional magazines or you're looking at traditional brand connections, um, you may not be seeing a lot of people of color on in those platforms. You may not be seeing a lot of people of color out there doing certain things or people with different abilities or the illustration of different back of the pack runners. So if you are a traditional runner and you Google what is a runner or you're a traditional person, excuse me, and you Google what is a runner and you're looking up online runner things and you don't see someone that looks like you, it automatically puts you in a place of, well, do I belong, right? So I think that it kind of starts there. And I think there's a lot of people that try to define what a runner is. You don't have to be a marathoner to be considered a runner. Um, if you run to the to the end of your driveway, you're a runner. <laughs> if you run yes. to the stop sign, you're a yes. runner. So I think it starts there with like the mentality of what is a runner. I think people get caught up on that. And then social media doesn't help with what the depth, you know, what people try to assume they are. They start to compare themselves. Uh, well, I can't run that fast, so I must not be a runner. So it just kind of comes into these layers. And I think it, it, it takes people like you and I that have these platforms to kind of change that narrative as well as working with these brands so that they can change what they're putting out there in the media so that they can help to kind of change what it looks like in the narrative of being a runner and who can actually run. And until those things continue to change, a lot of people that are aspiring to be runners are probably going to have a slower entry into running as I did as well. Now we all know that one of the most frustrating parts about running can be eating healthy and avoiding raiding our cupboards after a nice hard or long run. That is why I'm super excited that I have found a way to fuel my day and curb my cravings anytime with the on-the-go Ucan Energy Bars. They are made from the same revolutionary super starch ingredient that makes up their widely popular energy powder and energy gels. I have one of these bars mid-morning or mid-afternoon to curb my cravings and give me the energy I need to get through my day and get me to my next meal. I even have some runners who fuel with these either pre-run or during their run. It is so easy on your stomach that you can run on these. I'm a big fan of the plant-based salted peanut butter energy bar, which is easy on my stomach, but I also have some running friends and clients who love the chocolate almond butter energy bar with whey protein. If you are looking for a healthy snack that will curb your cravings so you don't overeat after spending all that time running, we've got a special offer for you where you can save 25% off by using the code HEALTHYRUNNER. Just head to youcan.co. That's U-C-A-N dot co and use the code healthy runner at checkout to save 20 percent. go ahead and give you cans energy bars a try and let me know how much better you feel can you talk i really enjoyed your episode that you had with uh, matt fitzgerald on your show about the new project that you guys have going on to you know, add some more inclusivity into our run coaching community, because like you said, you know, if, if 
people don't have an entryway into the sport if they don't see coaches that are from their backgrounds that look like them or have their, you know, backstory and, you know, things like that, then it's hard for people to think, oh, I can do this and I can be a runner. Mm -hmm. You know, can you share a little bit about the Coaches of Color initiative? Yeah, sure. And just to quickly piggyback off of what you just said, I think when it comes to coaching, as an athlete, you always, when it comes to coaching, you want to be able to empathize with this person that is coaching you, right? Like you want to feel like you can connect with them or even that you can bring up concerns or questions or barriers. You want to be able to bring that to your coach so that you can have an effective training cycle or effective training block. But if you can't connect with your coach on certain things, whether it be a cultural disconnect that you may have, an issue that you may have had at home, it kind of causes you to kind of have some caution. So I think it's important for us to really diversify the coaching scene or actually give us the platform to be able to to be seen because there's a lot of diverse coaches out here but are we getting the platform to be seen and to be able to make um to actually coach clients in this process but there's some barriers into coaching in general like I think you know that like the coaching the cost to become a coach is not cheap <laughs> right it's something that is pricey there's waiting lists there's all kinds of things and it's all about connections um, but the Coaches of Color Initiative um, started last year, and basically it's a mission, it's an apprenticeship to help individuals, an individual that is wanting to have a successful um, career or job or however they want to put it out there as an endurance coach. And we say endurance coach because we're not focusing just on runners. We're triathletes. If you're, you're, you do do athletes, if you're just swimming, you're just biking, whatever it is, there's a space for you. Um, so Matt Fitzgerald and his team, um, and I am one of the board members of this organization, Coaches of Color Initiative, started this. And basically, of course, it was a um, eye-opening experience from the things that happened in 2020. Um, and just really saying, okay, we have individuals or that are interested in becoming an endurance coach. Um, and we have individuals that are coaches of colors. What can we do to help to assist them? So this apprenticeship is a year-long apprenticeship. We have found our person for 2020, for 2022, um, but it is a year-long apprenticeship. There is a scholarship that is provided to them. It's a $1,000 voucher that is given to the actual person that will get the apprenticeship every month for the 12-month span. They will have mentorship with the 8020 Foundation, as well as all of the board members that are um, a part of the organization. So they will get direct resources and mentorship. They'll be working directly with the 8020 Foundation with their coaching. Um, and they're, because 8020 Foundation is also developing their own coaching program and they will be able to, to receive that. And anything that they are looking for within their coaching background, we will help to provide the resources for them. It's a partnership. It's not just us throwing out information and resources to them and saying, hey, to figure it out. But it's more so, what do you need from us? What are some areas that you're concerned about? Is it how to coach and what to do with taxes? How, what do you charge your clients? How do I start a website? Um, how do I talk to my clients? How do I build training plans? Like, what do I do? How do I build community relationships? All of those things are on the table and it just depends on the person that receives the apprenticeship, what exactly they need. And we're just basically building the building something for them so that they can go and flourish in our community. I love the implementation aspect of it, right? That it's mm -hmm. not just a, like you said, you know, a scholarship, um, mm -hmm. but it sounds like that they're really dedicated at the implementation and mentoring 
um, mm -hmm. to make sure that that person is successful, right? That they don't mm -hmm. just get knowledge, but they mm -hmm. can actually, you know, use have it. this career, right? And, mm -hmm. and use it. Yeah. No, I love that. And yeah, it sounds like a great initiative. And I think, you know, those that are, you know, interested in that, you know, keep an eye out for next year when they're looking okay. for more. I know you guys have talked about, you know, this is kind of the pilot fees and, mm -hmm. you know, as years go on, who knows, it might grow, right. And there might yes. be other slots available. We would and, love for it to grow. So, you yeah. know, we are taking all donations and everything to the organization. So definitely check out 8020 Foundation under initiatives. Um, it's something that we would love to have 10 people at one time. Like we would love for it to grow right now. We have our one apprenticeship this for, for 2021, but growth we would love to do. So more people the merrier would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, so let's uh, pivot to a statement that I heard you um, talk about in one of your videos. <laughs> of why you don't like, because I've heard people say this before, um, the phrase running is my therapy or running is cheaper than therapy. Why do you not like that phrase? Well, of course, with my mental health, mental health background, I find a lot of value in therapy in general. So I'll just start, start by saying that. Um, but I'll stick with the first, first one and then I'll go into it. So running is my therapy. I definitely believe that running is therapeutic. Like it is something where if you go out to run, you're releasing endorphins, you're feeling good. Your mind kind of clears you a lot of times release stress and anxiety can help with depression. Like I, I, I get all that. It can help with it. So I say that it's therapeutic, but it's not therapy. And I always caution people on assuming that or putting it in the same when, uh, same bucket as what therapy is, because I really feel like it minimizes the value of actually receiving therapy. Um, and I really think that there's a lot of times that yes, we can get we can get on the pavement, we can lace up and get, go out for a run, we can make decisions and all of that stuff. Cause I know for me, I make a lot of decisions. I find a lot of ideas while I'm out of my run. Like my mind goes, goes, goes while I'm out of my run, especially on my long runs. But at the end of the day, if you're really having conflict, concern, or if there is truly mental health concerns there and you're not getting professional help, it could be, at, it could be definitely jeopardizing your life and other people if you're not getting the help that you need. And so my concern is that a lot of people use running as the only outlet or the only solution to concerns when it's not the only, there's other things that can also help you. Um, now, when it comes to running is cheaper than therapy, I always caution people on saying that because I think it puts out there that there's a stigma that therapy is expensive and I shouldn't get it, which is not necessarily the case, especially when you think about how much we spend on running shoes, entering races and doing everything else. Um, there's people that can get therapy out here for $30 to $100. There are some, some sites that have free sessions from time to time um, and different organizations that is providing free therapy. Um, so assuming that running is cheaper than therapy may not be the case at all times. And I understand depending upon if you have insurance, if you are uninsured or depending upon the area that you live, it may be a little different. But Dwayne, if you think about it, we spend $150 on shoes. We spend 50 to $250 on races. You can use some of that towards your mental health so that you can continue to strive in the running space. 
So I think that I know that it's those two phrases are something that's quickly thrown out there, but I think it kind of demeans the actual service of therapy and also doesn't allow people to understand that there should not be a stigma around mental health and getting professional mental health services, um, but using running as an outlet, but if you need more, that's okay and you should do so. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's um, a great way to uh, look at that. And I think it's a phrase that many people say, and I might even said it myself, like, I'm not gonna lie, like, I've probably said it at some point, like I talk about, you know, quite frequently, the mental benefits of myself mm -hmm. running, right, and how that really keeps my, you know, sanity as I'm running. But mm -hmm. I do I do think that you are correct that we need to be careful in that we don't make it seem that those who are in need of therapeutic services, that it's just so easy for them that they should just go for a run. Right. And that's going to help them and that's going to solve all their problems. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're not going to suffer from depression if they just ran. Right. Like mm -hmm. we do. So I, I think you bring up a great point. And that's why I wanted to kind of emphasize um, that and it kind of reminds me of an episode that I did way back when in the beginning, um, I had an individual on who was the champion for those um, with disability and limb loss, uh, Nicole Ver Kylan on the show. And she had this whole movement of we just felt like running and she was really kind of promoting um, a lot for those um, with disability. And she talked about how the phrase of a lot of people will make the phrase of um, I run for those who can't, or I run because I can, or something to that effect. And, you know, her mm -hmm. mindset with someone who was an amputee, who had limb loss mm -hmm. was like, well, that's not true, really. Those who have amputations, those who have disabilities, those who are wheelchair bound, like they can yeah. run and participate in races. Mm -hmm. um, they just might need some extra support. They might need some right. extra equipment. They might need some, mm -hmm. right, some modifications um, and it to be accessible to them, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not that they can't do it. So this kind of reminded me of that phrase because That's I think that is one. something, you know, common that um, runners will say. And, yeah. you know, I know you've had some uh, amazing like professional runners on your show, recreational runners, mm -hmm. like of all types, you have a very diverse, um, you know, guest list, if you will, on your show, um, which I love. And, you know, can you share like one kind of inspirational story that really like resonated with you or stuck with you um, that you would like to share with, you know, runners in our community who are maybe doubting their abilities? Yeah, I think that um, the I have two stories in my mind. Um, one with Eric Logan, he's a duathlete, as well as uh, Darrell Patterson. Um, both of those gentlemen are what I consider your everyday runner. So they're working full time. They're you know they're uh, Darrell may he can sweep some podiums, so he may get some checks out of this. But they're not sponsored athletes. Like they're everyday they're everyday runners. Um, but both of those gentlemen, um, Eric Logan started running very later in life. Um, obviously, he was battling with weight loss and some health concerns that transitioned him into kind of getting into running. And now he is doing very well with his in age group and things of that nature. He's definitely doing well in duathlete arena. But I just think that it his story inspires me a lot because he did not allow age to stop him from continuing. And he found his, his area or his niche within the endurance space. And 
it is being a duathlete. There's not a lot of diversity and inclusion in that space. I know we, a lot of people don't even talk about duathlons. Um, it's either you're kind of a runner or you're a tri triathlete. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but du duathlete um, is not really talked about a lot. And so I feel like in, in that area, I'm just very proud of him for finding that kind of niche in that space. Um, and he's kind of going from, he went from, he's definitely lost a whole bunch of weight. If you see his previous pictures, you'd be like, who is this? Um, to be really striving in this space and honestly kind of being, being unapologetically him, um, starting a podcast and kind of doing his own thing as well. And I just really, for me, I find it very, very good when people can get into a space that they probably did not initially feel included, but they found their way and they're striving within it. So for me, um, it's definitely him. So that's Eric Logan. Um, and then the other one person that I would say is Darrell Patterson. Do you know off the top of your head, what is the name of his podcast? Let's give him a little yeah, shout it out is for his run, show. Let me, I don't want to say it wrong. So let me give me just a second. I would definitely. Sorry, I put you on out. the spot. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I don't want to say it wrong so that everyone can definitely find it. Let me make sure that I give you guys the correct. Um, here we go. Yes, no gimmicks, no gimmicks, just sweat podcast. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, I yeah, actually, yeah. we just connected today on Instagram and we messaged each other. So, and I saw his podcast. I started following it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So, so, okay, cool. His story is very good. So, if you have time to like talk to him about his story and things of that nature, very good story, but definitely exceeding um, in the duathlete space. Um, and then Darrell Patterson, he's another another guy. Um, Darrell was on my podcast episode forty, and Eric was on my cast, uh, podcast episode thirty. But episode forty, Darrell Patterson, he is just one of those guys that's all about the mental of running. Like he's like, if your mental is not there, the running will not follow. Um, anytime I listen to him speak, he definitely is all about being in the right headspace and listening to your mind. Your body will follow, and putting in the work and being consistent. And so anytime that I hear him talk, it's really about him being positive. And anytime I speak with him, he's always rephrasing something that I'm saying to make sure that I'm thinking about things in a positive way and not saying if, saying when, or, you know, it's just simple things that he really definitely connects on. So definitely check, um, check out his episode on episode 40. He's more of a Strava guy. He's not huge on social media anymore, but if you find him, Darrell Patterson on Strava, you'll definitely see the work that he's putting in. He went from... Um, 12 minute miles and now dropping fives and sixes. So he's a, he's a guy wow. that's put in the work. So he's, he's yeah. really, really good and he definitely can sweep some podiums here in Atlanta. So awesome. I'm gonna have to check that out as well. Um, yeah. And I know you've been very transparent um, on your vlog about, you know, your running injuries and mm -hmm. because this is the healthy runner podcast and most people yes. who are listening at <laughs> some point, either they have an injury now or they had an injury in the past and they want to prevent injuries. Um, so I'd be remiss to not ask about uh, some of these. Do you mind sharing with our audience, you know, what were the injuries you faced and, you know, mm -hmm. what was your take home message on kind of how you overcame them or what were like the lessons learned um, as you, you battled through these injuries? Yeah, so I've had, um, thank, I'll say thank God, <laughs> only <laughs> two injuries in my running career since 2008 to now. Um, and unfortunately- Which is remarkable, by the way. Yeah, That's remarkable, <laughs> that is. Yes. And this last injury was by far the worst. Um, so I'll briefly talk about the first one because I feel like this 
previous, this last injury was what taught me the most lessons and I did the most work for it. But my first injury was IT band issues. Um, and that flared up at mile eight at the Chicago Marathon in 2017. I did not know I had an issue. It was not anything that happened during training. I didn't have any issues. Wow. And mile eight at my first marathon, um, 2017, excuse me, in my first marathon, I felt a pain in the left side of my knee. And it was literally me hobbling from mile eight to 26.2. <laughs> Yikes. Wow. And, and you didn't have any pain during I those long no runs? Like, did you do an 18 or 20 run. miler? I went no all pain? the way up. I went all the way up to 20 what? miler in my training plan. Yep. Wow. So nothing. Because yeah, typically like, that will creep up like mile 14, 16, 18, like all the runners that I've helped with that condition. But yeah, that's yeah. odd. Okay. So I did uh, briefly see a um, specialist here in Atlanta for that. Took a lot of time off recovering from that injury. Of course, glute hamstring work, things of that nature to help with that. Um, but I did do a lot of resting after that situation happened. Of course, I did race the following year. Um, but the time off and the, the exercises that the, the therapist provided me for that, I was able to really work around. And I haven't had IT band issues since then, which is great. Um, so I guess I did what needed to happen for needed to do what I need. I did what I needed to do to kind of help with that is something that I always keep a pulse on, though, because I know that IT band issues can be reoccurring if you don't do what you need to do to, to continue to strengthen your muscles. Um, but more so recently, um, earlier this year, I had issues with shin splints and they were severe shin splints. Um, and it was to the point where the, the biggest flare up was in the middle of a half marathon that I had. And it was excruciating um, to the point where I probably should have pulled out of the race, unfortunately being, being um, a bad, being too uh, determined. <laughs> Allowed me to cross the finish line, but stubborn, we call that. Yes, stubborn. Um, but at the detriment of me and being out for several months with the shin splint issues. Um, but at this time, I ended up getting a physical therapist, which is Dr. Danny Espino. I, we, she's also been on our podcast. Um, Dr. Danny, I work with her for eight months. Um, so we did in person sessions as well as virtual sessions, giving me different treatments and as well as different exercises over those eight months. Um, I literally started from ground zero, getting back to the pavement. So I was doing a mile a day. I was doing a half a mile a day. I was not doing hills. I was doing a lot of stretch, stretching and like half raises and things of that nature. Definitely a lot of PT exercises um, and a lot of strength training and cross training was intertwined into that. Um, but I really had to do and work up slowly. Like that was the benefit of working with someone that is a physical therapist, as well as a coach is that she knew what exactly to do to get me there. And of course, you know that as well, but it literally was a half a mile to a mile a day, um, not running back to back days, spreading it out, ensuring that I was doing the strength training and everything that I needed. Um, I did get a gait analysis again, assess my shoes, because that was something else that was potentially an issue during the time is that I did switch over shoes that had a heel drop that was very different um, that I did not assess appro appropriately for me. Um, and then, of course, working up miles probably too soon for that half marathon, too quickly for that half marathon. Um, 
But really working with her, taking the time off, doing the exercises that I needed, really focusing on recovery, really focusing on stretching, really focusing on the strength training exercises that were needed, and cool down um, and warm ups was also very was heightened, I shall say, through that process. So of course, I know sometimes we do a couple knee grabs and leg swings, but like really warming up the body before I did any workouts and continuously to do so was something that was very important for me. Oh man, that's so great to hear. Um, because yeah, you pretty much explained everything that's in my spark blueprint or five tips to kind of run strong and healthy, um, yeah. with the, the active warmups and making sure you are warmed up, you know, recovery is one of my tips. Strengthening mm -hmm. is definitely probably the most important. And then, you mm -hmm. know, the training errors is really usually yeah. what causes most of these injuries and, mm -hmm. you know, going back to like the beginning of our conversation in terms of like inclusivity and those thinking that they're not a runner, um, you know, if you train properly, right. And you don't make like the training errors that, you know, you admittedly said you, you know, ramped up too, too fast for that half marathon. And, you know, the running sneaker, the heel drop, that's another, you know, contributing factor that can mm -hmm. happen with some of these injuries. And, you know, so if someone's listening to this right now and they are struggling with shin splints or they are struggling with IT band syndrome, and you're just saying to yourself like, oh, I'm not meant to be a runner. Like I can never run like India's proof right here, right? She struggled yeah. with it as well. Like she's overcome mm -hmm. it um, and she's able to get back to running. So don't yeah. think that you're not able to be a runner, you just need to do a little bit more research, get some more guidance, you know, get a professional mm -hmm. like right. India did. She got a PT mm -hmm. who's also a coach. And mm -hmm. you guys know how passionate I, I am about that, about blending those two and actually mm -hmm. knowing, you know, exactly what you're doing for your runs, as well as rehabbing from the injury. And, you know, I think your success story is definitely powerful and shout out to, uh, Dr. Danny, um, yes. for taking good care of you. And yeah, we love to support all of our kind of independent um, practitioners out there. That's how I started my kind of business was kind of mm -hmm. similar model to what she has, you know, when I was seeing clients really just in person before doing all the, the virtual coaching that I'm doing now. So yeah. um, and I, I would definitely tell people too, if you're, you're listening to this, it's better to take the time off now and heal the way that you need to and get the the scrim training and all of that, like get all the tools in your toolbox now so that you can be successful going forward and you can be stronger going forward. I know a lot of people try to train through injury. They try to train through it because they're like, oh, I've signed up for this race. But it's like, if you're continuing to run through in injury, it's going to set you back at some point down the line. So just go ahead and take the time now to heal it the way that it needs to heal so that you can be successful going forward. And I think that's just something that I learned. I was very sad to have to sit back on a lot of races and decide not to run, but I am very happy to today that I was able to take that time off and heal the way that I needed to. And even though I'm still working back up on pace for myself and getting back to where I was, I'm healthier and the pace will come when it's time. Yeah. And just to clarify that point, because I know Dr. Danny talked about this in your episode with her as well. And I'm passionate about this, you know, taking that time off guys does not mean like stop doing everything. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean just like rest, don't exercise, don't strengthen, don't run at all. And mm -mm. It, it is a spectrum, but mm -hmm. taking time off, meaning maybe not run that race, but 
continue to train um, is important. And I, I bring that up because even in my own family, this happened just before. Uh, my daughter, actually, this is her first time doing indoor track and she's never run consistently in her life. And mm-hmm. this is just classic, like high school, you know, they sign up there. She's a volleyball player. And she was like, oh, okay. I want to do indoor track during this time period before travel volleyball starts. And, you know, they ramp up from running nothing to running six days a week and Mm -hmm. running races, like literally 10 out of 10 effort level. Right. So she's got this little cute IT band that pops up, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, my wife is like, you know, it was killing her yesterday. She's like limping around the house and she has um, a volleyball tournament actually this weekend. So my wife's Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, maybe she shouldn't go to practice like the next four days. She's like, I want to make sure she's well, I'm like, well, we have to kind of see what the level of irritability is. And it doesn't mean she doesn't run at all, but she's Mm going to have to modify her running because if she doesn't run at all, that's not going to help her for next week when she has a meet that she has to compete Mm -hmm. at, you know, for track. So um, I think your point is, is very important point, but also for those listening, like, what India is talking about, it doesn't mean you shut everything down and like, just, you know, say to yourself like, oh, I'm not going to run for, you know, a month. I'm not going to run for two months, whatever it is mm-hmm. in your mind, because you're like, oh, I'm, I'm dedicated to actually getting this healthy now. So there right. are better ways and to get healthy for longevity, you mm-hmm. know, and strategies that you need to do um, to be proactive in that. And was that yeah. the first time that you actually did invest in a coach when you were working with um, Dr. Danny? Or have you worked mm-hmm. with a coach prior to that? No, I've had a coach prior to that. Oh, okay. So awesome. I'm all about before I became a coach, I wanted to have a coach to really see kind of what it looked like. So I have, uh, I had a male coach and a female coach thus far. So I'm all about coaches having coaches like, you know, we're human, we make mistakes. And, oh, yeah. you know, we do things that we, you know, shouldn't do that we know we shouldn't do at times. Um, and we also, I know for me, a lot of times, I just want to take the coaching hat off and for someone to do it for me. <laughs> Like it's, it's so a true. good investment and it's a good investment, I feel. And then, you know, other, someone else can push me more than I can probably push myself. So, yeah. So this is my, Dr. Danny was my second coach and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And for someone who is hesitant in themselves um, on getting a coach, you know, what advice would you give them since you have experienced, you know, coaching before yourself and you are a coach, what advice would you have for them? Yeah, I would definitely say finding a coach is similar to finding a doctor. <laughs> um, I think you really have to take a step back to look at the coach's philosophy. Um, what are their thoughts on coaching? How do they coach? Um, what do they provide? What are Not only just what are their credentials, but what's their style? Are they virtual only? Do they talk? How often do they talk to you? What's their level of communication? Um, what is their, how, what's their passion level? Meaning, are they a coach that's also going to kind of talk you through that mental block that you may have to get past a certain mileage? Or are they just going to be a coach that says, Hey, give me 10 miles and tell me later how you like what your pace was. Like there's, there's going to be various different coaches out here that provide different things. Then understand that not every athlete is great for certain coaches and not every coach is great for a certain athlete. Like there has to be a good mesh. um, And you finding that person, even though they may be amazing on social media, can they provide you the services that you need? And I think that the same way that a lot of coaches will interview the potential athletes, athletes should also interview the coach so that they can find out what they really are going to be receiving out of the training block. 
Oh, great points. Great points. Indeed. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and I just want to, cause a lot of people are chiming in here on the Facebook live here. And just to I can't give you some feedback. No, 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 you're good. Um, <laughs> Coach Kat said that she's so passionate about uh, these topics. She's been that slow runner who runs with a group mm -hmm. who didn't want anything to do with quote unquote slow runners. Um, yeah. And she was the heaviest girl who, you know, goes into a running store and only saw shorts that no way she would be able to wear. Um, so, you know, your message definitely. Times, that's because they're not having they're not including a lot of different body types, even in this brand marketing. Like when y'all are trying to like make different shorts and bras and shirts, like you need to include people that wear things so that you can have a better understanding of what should be on the shelves. So, yes, yes. And I know you're very passionate about that um, <laughs> as well. And I know you, on your YouTube channel, you also do some like product reviews, right? And mm -hmm. for those like, I, so it was like a running bra review, right? That, mm -hmm. um, you know, for those that struggle finding like athletic gear, right? That they might be a, a larger body type. Um, so definitely check out uh, some of India's content there. And um, I love that you do um, advocate for, you know, making sure that, you know, size inclusivity. Um, and Amy says that that's what drew her to running was a diversity in people. Um, she spectated at a race and saw so many people of different looks and backgrounds. Um, and that was like right in her wheelhouse. And she loves the running community. And we love having you in our community, Amy. Um, yes. And yeah, Catherine says, you know, Kat, um, another cat um, also says, India, I love your message on running and therapy. So she loves that. And then Tanya also chimes in saying, uh, says, finding sports bras are tough. So do you want to give a quick little plug? Because I know you got a lot of content on your channel, but, you know, for someone, um, if Tanya is looking for a sports bra, right, if someone is a little bit on the larger size, like, is there one that you highly recommend or a brand that you recommend, or are there many different varieties or tips uh, on what they should look for? Yeah. So there's different uh, varieties that I recommend. I wear different bras for different distances. <laughs> so depending upon if I'm running long, if I'm just out for a quick three mile run, it definitely varies. Um, some of the top three bras that I'm wearing right now is the She Fit bra. Um, definitely check out my re review on that. I am a reviewer that gives the pros and cons, the good, bad, and the ugly. So um, there are like, for example, one of the cons of that bra is just chafing there. You will potentially get some chafing with that. But I also mentioned some of the things that I do for that. Um, but bras that have adjustability in the straps, as well as the under under area, those usually have better support. Um, so I use that. I also use Wazell bras right now. So the fly zip is one that I did a review on. And I definitely absolutely love that one. It's more of a vest feel. Um, very uh, softer material than the she fit bras, but it all depends on what you're going for and kind of what you need um, in regards to that. I do have an athleta bra as well that I absolutely love. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the name of that one, um, but definitely message me if you have any questions on bras. I can definitely let you know some of the top ones that I use. Um, I am a double D, so I definitely have to have the support that I need. 
Nice. This is great because sometimes I get some of these questions mm -hmm. and I, I, I obviously can't answer these. So this mm -hmm. is great. We're sharing it in our running community. Usually I'll feel these to uh, one of the, the female coaches on our team um, to help out there. And mm -hmm. I also like your comment before about, you know, working with males, females, and that's something that's come up before as well with us in that, you know, some mm -hmm. of our female coaches can definitely address a lot other topics that are specific to female running. Um, yeah. And some of the problems and struggles that happen that really me as a male, I can't because I've never experienced those things. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So finding kind of the right person and the right coach that you mm -hmm. trust is uh, super important as well. Um, yeah. So whether it's running, podcasting, announcing kind of the miles from India brand growth, you know, what's next mm -hmm. for India Cook? Yeah, continuing to grow my brand. Um, race announcing is something that I started back in 2021. So I hope to grow that. I already have two races set up for 2022. So I'm really excited on that front. I mean, it's nothing better than being a runner that is also a race announcer. So especially here in Atlanta, I can kind of yell out their names, people that I know that are coming across the finish line. Um, but it's just a great energy to have. So I'll be definitely uh, branching that out. Um, and hopefully once COVID really dies down, I can get to do some more in-person, um, whether it be motivational speaking, live podcasts, and really connecting with more people like yourself. I really enjoy connecting with people um, and just really having these type conversations to kind of grow different perspectives. Because my, my thing, Dwayne, is if if we're not having these conversations, every, it's a lot of stuff that's left up to assumption. And when you learn about people's experience, where they've been and how they feel about different things, it really can open your eyes to things. So we just really need to continue to have more conversations like this. So I plan to kind of broaden my brand as well as communicating more and connecting with people on the front. And of course, helping some of these brands get to where they need to be in regards to diversity and inclusivity. Nice. I love it. I love it. And yeah, the, the connection with you know, other runners in our community, I just love that as well. And that's why I love doing this, you know, show so much is just meeting great people like yourself. And um, it is it is interesting how that all works, like the whole social media thing, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, we were promoting this live and it's like people yeah. in your community, you know, reached out and I was messaging them. And mm -hmm. um, I just love connecting with other, you know, like-minded yeah. runners in our community. Um, all right, so we ready to have some fun now? Uh-oh, yes, we've already had think? a lot of fun. What else could it be? All right, this is, I've only done this a couple of times on the podcast uh -oh. now. I usually do this only for like fellow running podcasters, okay. since I know you're like comfortable behind the mic. Um, and the last time I did this, I did this with Ali Feller. Um, mm -hmm. So you got some big shoes to fill here. No mm. pressure at all. <laughs> I love Ali. Okay, Ali, I'm going to get you if this is hard. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we're going to do a little spark lightning round. So these are going to be like some quick rapid fire questions. Um, we're not okay. going to go into um, too much depth or detail, but just more fun based questions. Uh, okay. Just kind of uh, interesting, you know, things that people can learn about you. So you ready to go? Yes. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. So while crushing your miles, are you a okay. music or a podcast listener? Both, but more so music. All right. So what is your favorite go-to running song that you always make sure you add to your race playlist? Uh, it's let's go. Who grabs that? It's a hip hop song. Uh, but the, let's the go. Do, 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 do. Right. Not that let's one. Not, go. Not that oh. one. It's, it's uh, I, wish I can't think of who raps it. 
it's like let's go if you want it you can get it let me know i can't think of the rapper okay, but that's okay. it <laughs> nice all right all right we're gonna have to get that one uh you're gonna have to get back to us you're gonna have I to will, comment on the and let us know who that is so we can add it to our playlist. Yes, um, it's a good one. So as we mentioned, you got a lot of medals behind you. Do you have a favorite mm -hmm. race medal that you've ever received? And you're like, oh, this is my favorite. Uh, my Chicago, my first marathon, Chicago 2017. Okay. It's just for the sentimental just, value. Absolutely. Yeah, for the sentimental value. It may not be the prettiest, but it is for sentimental value. It is my favorite. All right. Favorite Netflix binge. Um, you. <laughs> okay, I haven't, I haven't watched that one. Okay. Hey, look it up. <laughs> you look it up. Okay. <laughs> oh man, I'm scared now. No, <laughs> Do I need good. to make sure my my girls aren't around? Like the kids are away when I <laughs> go to search it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about favorite movie? Um, love and basketball. <laughs> okay. I haven't seen that. Um, what food um, is a lock that you will be adding to your upcoming wedding menu? Oh, that's a good question. Um, we will be doing one of our hors d'oeuvres will be shrimp and grits. Okay. <laughs> love it. Nice. So we didn't mention that earlier, but you are engaged to be married. When is the yeah. uh, wedding date? Do you have a date? Um, yes, we are doing spring 2023. So I'm really excited. So it is coming and planning is underway. So yeah. Nice. Okay. That's exciting. Very exciting. Um, exciting time in your life. And um, yeah, just enjoy the journey and don't let the stress mm. get to you. Nope, nope, nope. No bridezilla, nope, nope. right? <laughs> No, I tell people all the time, I'm like, listen, I don't want any stress vibes. We're okay over here. I have a wedding planner and she is absolutely amazing and I'm doing pretty well. So we're good. <laughs> I awesome. think it's a benefit that I'm getting married a little later in life because compared to if it was 10 years ago, I probably would be a different person. <laughs> right, right. Oh my goodness. Um, and uh, Coach Whitney chimes in that she says she loves you as well. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um all right. So we're getting into the final stretch here. This is going to be the last okay. question we ask all our guests here. So if okay. you could change one thing about the misconception of inclusivity and diversity in the running community, what would that be? Um, I would say it is inclusivity and diversity are two separate things, but you can't have one without the other. And I think that we really just need to ensure that we're focusing on that, um, help to empower people in different spaces, allow there to be a seat at the table and, and um, be open to the different thoughts and of others and experiences of others and incorporate changes where they're needed. And also to understand that we're not perfect. I'm not perfect just because I'm a person of color doesn't mean that everything that I do is perfect. And something that you may do, Dwayne, may not be perfect, but it's also about lessons learned and coming together as a community. <laughs> yeah, my wife will tell you there's a lot of things I don't do that are perfect, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think because we go into things wanting to be perfect and some people may not be working on their, their diversity and inclusion because they want to be perfect or don't want to say or do the wrong thing. But I think if we don't step out there to try, it'll never change. Oh, so true. So true. Mm -hmm. And I am trying to get more comfortable with that, honestly. Like this was a big step for me, to tell mm -hmm. you the truth, because I, I've always felt that way as well, where... Mm -hmm. 
you don't want to say the wrong thing or, you know, it's got to be perfect. So thank you for bringing that up because I think a lot of people feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I know I said that was the last question, but finally, you know, many okay. of our runners will be listening to this episode on their run, you yeah. know, like I do for your show. Um, mm-hmm. What message do you have for a healthy runner community runners crushing their miles right now? Um, just continue to move. Um, I think that whether you're in a very healthy place or if you're currently pivoting because you might have an injury, continue to move, whatever that means to you. Um, try to do your best to stay positive and know that movement and mouths are amazing as a combo. But if you're only able to do movement right now, that's okay as well. Oh, love that. Powerful message there. That's awesome. So guys, just recapping here in this episode, really India kind of shared her running journey. We talked about inclusivity. We talked about some mental health. We talked about overcoming injuries. Um, We even talked about product reviews for bras, which I didn't think we were going to go there, but we did. And uh, I'm sure there are going to be many runners who really connected with you today. And there are many that are commenting on the Facebook Live, just saying how much they love this episode. They love your message. Um, and yeah, Tanya's asking what your show name is. So for those that are, um, want to learn a little bit more about you, you know, where can they find you? Yeah. So my podcast name is the run duo, um, the run duo podcast, and we're on all major podcast, uh, podcast platforms. So we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, um, all of the major uh, podcasting platforms were there. Um, my name on Instagram is I of Indigo runs and that's E N D I G O. So I have Indigo runs is my Instagram page. Um, and then Miles from India is my brand name. And it also is my YouTube name. So on YouTube, it is Miles from India. And we will certainly put all the links to those in the show notes. Um, as always, is there a story behind the IG name? Indigo? No, not a fancy one. No. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Years ago before I came who I am, but it kind of was one of those things where the name just kind of stuck. And I, I have so many things out in the world now that if I was to change it, it would mess up if someone's looking for me. So it just stays. I do have a mouse from India um, Instagram page, but it's just for my, my YouTube. Um, but yeah, so it's nothing fancy. It was a random thing that I came up with several years ago and it just stayed. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Um, that's one of the things that you get people who change their like account names, like every couple of months. And I'm like, I can't even and find you can't anymore. Find I them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And that's why I'm like, in the publications, I have people that, you know, have interviewed me years ago and in their stuff, they have, I have Indigo Run. So if I was to change it and someone wants to go back and look for it, they won't be able to find me. So I just keep it. (laughs) True. No, very good point. Um, This was so great, honestly, meeting you. And I'm so glad that we connected finally. Um, This was so fun. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to share all this important information, honestly, with our Healthy Runner community. Um, Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. I appreciate it, India. No, thank you. I really appreciate you reaching out. And I truly enjoyed this. And thank you, everyone that is on the live or that will be listening to this podcast. I hope that my message could be useful at some point. And thank you for everything that y'all are doing in the run community. Yeah. And thank you, you know, mostly to you guys, the listeners 
whether you're listening now on your run, watching the video version within our Healthy Runner Facebook group or on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel. I appreciate all of you. Uh, make sure and go ahead and subscribe to the Run Duo podcast, as I know you will love the show just as much as I do, uh, which makes all those long runs just go by so much quicker. Um, and then, yeah, definitely follow her Instagram account just to get a little bit more positivity in your feed each day. Um, she's a very positive spirit, as you can tell. And I love seeing her posts and you'll see a lot of people resonate um, with her message as well. And then, you know, finally, you know, really support her YouTube channel, right? The best way you can do that is hit that subscribe button, hit the bell. So then you get notified by the next product review that might help you or the yeah. next running tip that might help you. So let's uh, support India um, in her journey. And guys, remember every week we go live within our Healthy Runner Facebook group doing these live podcast episodes. So just check out our events tab to find out what the next uh, video will be and the next episode that's going to help you in your running journey. So thank you guys again. Remember, let's stay active, let's stay healthy, and let's just keep on running. Until next time. Thank you guys. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, much of what you heard on this episode is delivered live within our Healthy Runner free Facebook group. So head over to there to request to join our community in which you will have access to the video version of this episode and so many bonus features, including blog article references and YouTube video links, as well as me answering your specific running related questions. Also, we are closing in on 50 reviews on iTunes, which I am super pumped about given we're only six months into this podcast journey together. So to help me get there, the first thing you need to do is you have to subscribe to the sucker, whether it is Apple iTunes that you're listening to this or whatever platform you are on. The next thing is make sure you leave a review. I love to hear what you have to say and I read all of them and it means a lot to me. The last thing, guys, is take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it on your stories on Instagram and tag me. That's at SparkYourTraining. If you do this, I will repost it so you'll get a bump, I'll get a bump, and most importantly, we will share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them be healthy and stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot. Share it on Instagram stories and tag me in it. Let's try and get to 50 reviews on the podcast. Thanks for listening.